But when I look in their eyes, there's something missing. I said to myself, I don't want to be them. And I didn't know, I didn't have the words to articulate it at that young age. But I knew there was something like success to me doesn't mean a job or a nice house. And so there was some disconnect. And I said to myself, whatever that missing thing is, that's what I want to teach people. Welcome to Into the Light podcast. This is where we will be discussing and exploring all things Ascension. Ascension journey, Ascension journey mapping, and understanding how we can deepen and increase our spiritual and healing journey, along with understanding concepts around the global consciousness awakening that's happening, quantum energy healing, personal growth and enlightenment, trauma healing, and so much more as we learn together from experts in the field. I'm your host, Adina Movana, and I appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Let's dive in. Today we have Gigi DeSong. Gigi is a warm, deeply grounded poetic speaker, coach, writer, and yoga teacher. Her calling is to create programs that guide women to relate differently to their bodies, visions, and wounds that they have carried or buried in order for them to root into their own unique medicine for the world. She believes when women are well, the earth is well, and she's on a mission to transform sacred wellness and the lives of as many women as possible. Thank you so much, Gigi. I'm so excited to have you today. Yes, (laughs) thank you so much. And I know today we're talking about birthing visions for humanity for new earth, all of this fantastic work that we're doing in the world right now on a spiritual level. And I'm just excited to, to kind of get the chance to interview you a little bit more about your work and learn about what got you here and everything that you're, that you're doing, the clients you work with and what you're here to bring to the world. So I'm so excited to, to talk to you a little bit more today. <laughs> Thank you. So excited Thank- to be here with you all. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So I know the theme of our call is birthing visions for humanity. And I know when I first actually ran into you, it was a couple months ago on the, it was a Unity Consciousness event with Kristen Bilecki, and you gave an amazing talk and you're inspiring uh, all of this healing work in women. And it's just powerful message right now. I feel like a lot of us are are talking about divine feminine energies coming into balance and and doing this inner inner work. I was actually just interviewing another person earlier today about how it all begins with like trauma healing, you know. So I became really interested in this stuff a couple of years ago, and I'd love to hear a little bit more about about kind of your own personal spiritual path, like how you came to this work and what you're here to really bring to the world with everything you do. Yeah, thank you. Oh, such a beautiful question. And I first want to just start off by saying I am in this like space of transitioning, which is Najija song. I have been going by Gigi since I was like 24. I'm currently 44. I forget sometimes how old I am. <laughs> I'll be 45 next September. Oh thank you. Thank you. The, the name Najija does come from my father's line, who is um, from the Boku tribe of Nigeria. And Najija means what I have found. And Bisong means God's gift. And your question is so beautiful, just about, which is always so important about the why, like, why are you here? Like, what brought you here? And that, what I have found was literally about my work. So it's like grounding me into the the root of my name is what I do. It is what I have found. And so Mm -hmm. to be in terms of that name and to go back in terms of what I have found, I go all the way back to childhood. 
to when I was super young, probably before kindergarten, I remember feeling this energy that I'm sure many of y'all on the call had also probably felt. I think those who are um, really deeply empathic um, and very intuitive had points like this when they were young, but I felt like I had different roads I could go on. A part of me felt like the world around me was all having these behaviors and these ways of connecting with one another that I felt was destructive of our soul, of our innate being, of our light, of the things that make us so beautiful, so unique. I feel like the world around me was trying to destroy that and trying to have everyone blend in and be basically the same thing. And there was all these hierarchies I saw and it gave me such deep pain. But yeah, that's all I saw around me. And so I asked myself a clear question. I said, am I going to choose to follow what is in here, what's in my heart, the, the vision I have, or am I going to choose to follow everyone else? And I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want to be abandoned. So I wanted to fit in. And so I said, I was going to try to figure out what they're doing. And it felt like literally everybody had got a book from the library that said how to be a human in like 1984 <laughs> or whatever year it was. And that I went to the library and they're like, I'm sorry, ma'am, we're all out of that copy. Like, good luck figuring that out. So I, it felt like that in my life. And so I went about my life older kindergarten and I love my kindergarten teacher. And I was like, I want to just be just like Mr. Chalk when I grew up. He's amazing. I want to be a teacher. Then I got a little bit older, like about 12. And I realized that we send kids to school so they can become successful grownups. And, but I was confused because I'm like, I'm looking at all these adults in my life. They're all lovely. I mean, they say good morning, they say hi, they have cars or they take a bus or they have an apartment or a house, they get by. But when I look in their eyes, there's something missing. I said to myself, I don't want to be them. And I didn't know, I didn't have the words to articulate it at that young age. But I knew there was something like success to me doesn't mean a job or a nice house. And so there was some disconnect. And I said to myself, whatever that missing thing is, that's what I want to teach people. And so I went on this journey of, of finding, just like my name, what I have found was. So I went on this journey of finding. And so that brought me forward to possibly six years ago when I had a three-month experience of literally feeling a, a lot of ancestral energies and wounds through my body these energies taught me somatics they taught me how to be with my body how to commune with them how to hear with them how to write poetry how to dance with them how to hear their wisdom and that just kind of led me to a lot of the work that I do right now but it's been quite amazing. quite the journey amazing yeah so you it sounds like you combine a lot of different like because I know you're a yoga teacher and then you mentioned somatic work and so there's a lot of physical embodiment practices that you focus on. Can you tell me a little bit about your your the scope of your work and what kind of like holistic methods you use to help your clients and women come come through? It's because it sounds like to me you're you're describing a real path of tuning into our authenticity and 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 really yeah, trying to trying to just heal a lot of our inner inner wounds. And I know there's a lot of different ways to do that. So what do you really focus on with your practice and your work? Yeah, and I'm also a speaker and a storyteller. And so all of my work is really grounded in storytelling. So I remember growing up and like my mom is from the South, from down South, from Arkansas. Both my parents have passed by now, but I remember being little and sitting in the middle of my mama and all her sisters. She came from a family of 12. And so, and they grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas, and they moved to Milwaukee. But when we were little, we would go to Milwaukee where most of the aunties were, and they would gather in a circle, us little ones would be in the middle, and they would be sharing stories about their life living on the, in the South. And there was a lot of stories of ghosts and spirits and, and just wild stories and just learning about my mom and her strength and her power. But I remember just sitting there and I was just, at that, that's when I felt the aliveness of my mom. I felt the aliveness of my family was in that moment of storytelling. So it's deeply woven through me, the, the, the history of storytelling. 
So my work, it does involve storytelling. My life also, I feel like, takes me on these journeys, these ups, these downs, these like deep dives in the ocean, these roller coaster rides. I receive lots of wisdom through prayer and meditation. So those become part of my stories that I share that become lessons. And I receive them and I actually do hear like actual being told that this is meant to be shared, like share this with the women. Like I always will receive that. It'll share this piece for myself and my own healing in that moment. But then the end, that's to share this with the women. And so I share those in my, in my healing circles as well. And then also with that is a lot of meditation. I do a lot of visualization, a lot of imagery and really bringing people on a journey. And there is a lot of movement, breath work. It's very much, I'm very intuitive. So I very much listen to what is being called and asked of me in that moment. And so I'll bring in a lot of those other practices that do involve breath, sound, movement, meditation, and different ceremonies as well. I'll receive, I go, I feel a lot in my own personal life. So I believe that a lot of the things that I'm activated for me to come up with these creative ceremonies and experiences that I can share with women in spaces. So they become a part of my tool, my toolbox as well. Amazing. So do you do work like you have in-person ceremonies and do you do work as well, like on Zoom or with clients all over the all over the world or the United States? Like where do you what do you do as far as like your, your programs and services for for the women you work with? Yeah, so I do do one on ones, which I have access to be able to do that on Zoom. And I also do have spaces that I work with a few studios locally. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay. So I do some live classes and workshops and healing sessions here in Minnesota, as well as doing some group spaces online. So, oh, amazing, amazing. Okay, so yeah, because I, I I know that people like to obviously have now we are all on Zoom and <laughs> be able to remote in, but but in person is so important. So many of us are looking for that community and the creation of like a sacred space for circles and doing doing this work. So it's great to hear that that you can that you can really do both. And I'm curious from like your background from a spirituality perspective, because I know you mentioned your father was from I think you mentioned Nigeria originally. And you mentioned as a kid, like there is storytelling going on and people were talking about, I don't know, black magic. I don't know. I could just imagine just different thing topics that might have come up. So do you do you come from a, any specific like religious tradition or do you kind of just consider yourself more spiritually inclined? What do you what do you really focus in on when you're doing this 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 work with like different from, from people from different spiritual or religious backgrounds? Yeah, I I mean I grew up actually went to Catholic elementary school. My mom was Baptist growing up. So we went to Baptist church and kind of remember the whole and then I went to Catholic in the junior high. And then I did do non-denominational church when my son was super little. My son's 21 okay. right now. And, but now I, at some point between 20, when my son was born about 21 years ago and up until I, until he was probably three or four, I really had a, a very direct relationship uh, with God. And so it became more of a, a spiritual relationship where my, my, the learnings and the insights I was receiving were coming through my body. It was like a vessel and there was this deep relationship. Um, it was, it really kind of took on when I had a breakup actually. And the breakup broke me down to my knees, like physically I surrendered and I let go. And I said, I obviously don't know when going, if I can ever feel so because another person chose to move on the most beautiful, loving way. It was a really loving breakup. 
And, but I was like, if I can still feel so unworthy when this happened or in how I'm relating with myself and I don't know what to do. So I'm asking for guidance. And so right when I surrendered, I received a flood of guidance, step by step, like everything was like unfolding all these dreams I've always had. Like I just started writing things down in a notebook. And then at that point I received a clear message that said, it's time to really build my connection and relationship and to have a three month spiritual cleanse. And so that's when I deepen my relationship with 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 spirit and and it's really ancestral a lot of ancestral energy as well that's really connected with my healing yeah that's amazing i'm hearing a lot in the collective about the importance of doing this ancestral healing work and how so many of us are like our souls have been clearing out like generational trauma right for like eons and generations going back and i feel like i mean at least for me when i start to understand this spiritual awakening and and kind of like this global consciousness awakening that's happening on the planet right now it seems deeply rooted in all of us having to do this inner work and like you you described it seems like relationships fall apart and breakups and you know friction between our families and our friends, whatever that is, it's all, it's all triggering, right? This, this stuff to, to kind of come out and have to clear. So can you tell me a little bit more about how that ties, like that, that importance of that work ties back to this ancestral healing that you really focus on? And and what do you, what do you really talk about when it comes to carrying that weight of generational trauma or, or things like that, that people are really now becoming more and more aware of? Yeah, I'll say two um, things to that. Uh, one, I think it's important to share because it really stems from, again, my why and like why I even got into ancestral healing. I, I don't even, I won't even look at it in terms of I went there. It like came to me and it came to me in a way that I wasn't expecting. I actually didn't even want it. I was actually watching a movie and it was called Black Klansman. And I saw it with my boyfriend at the time, he was a white guy. And we saw the movie and he was like, afterwards, like, let's go out to dinner. And I was like, no, I can't go out to dinner. I need to go home. I'm like, I feel traumatized right now. So I went home, but I thought I would be fine the next day. And I wasn't. And I live, I live in Minnesota, which is in the North. And it's very, it's, I'm used to where I'm the only person of color, basically. And so the fact that I felt so unsafe going out into the world as a woman of color, not knowing if I was going to be the only person of color in that space, like literally my whole body just could not handle it. And I was like, I can only be around like white people that I know and feel safe with. Like that's where I was at at that moment. So I told my boyfriend, like, you're fine. My friends are fine. Those of my family are fine. But like, I don't know about the other world. And I felt really ashamed of that because I had never felt that way before. And he understood, he totally gets like ancestral stuff. And so he's like, take your time. And it ended up being a three month situation. I thought it was going to be like, oh, I just need a few days to like move through this movie was really triggering. It was three months. And so basically what ended up happening right away was I felt, I felt really happy and I'm used to just being like happy or fine. And I'm like, I just want to be fine all the time. And this energy was like, no, no, <laughs> like sit down, go in. And it really started to feel like this heavy energy creeping in. And I wanted to push it away, but I kept hearing this voice in the background that said, no, be with us, no, be with us. And so I eventually listened. And once I did, once I softened into it, the voices and the energies got louder. The best way, it's really hard to put these experience into words, but what it felt like was as if I felt the, the embodied experiences of hundreds of different Black women in their lifetime of like 
like racial pain, baggage, oppression, anger, sadness, all the things that literally live throughout their whole body and lifetime. It was like I was feeling them in my body in nanoseconds. So if you can imagine a lifetime of pain being felt in like minutes through my body, but not just one other body, but like hundreds. And so I felt like overwhelmed with all these energies coming in. And then after a while, when I started to actually be with them, they taught me how to hear them, how to cry with them, how to like create dance with them. So I wrote in a notebook, like a thick notebook of all the energies that I was getting in. And at the last month of that feeling of that energy, I was able to meditate. And that meditation came how to heal the wounding of racism out of the bodies of Black women. And what that did is it gave me the idea for what was next in my business, which was around creating a space for Black women and healing. And so I say all this because I wasn't I wasn't trying to go anywhere. It was like led through me. I believe that that was a time in my life where I had the capacity to be with all of that. Whereas in the past, I probably just didn't have the space. I, I had a great partner who was able to financially care for me because I couldn't work. I really wasn't productive during that three-month period. But and the, the, the groundwork of my work I do today. So I believe that our ancestral healing is also the, the pain, but it's also the, the medicine, the gifts that are accessed through that as well, that we are meant to bring to the, the world and to the collective and to the earth right now. And we can do, like I was doing work before that, but it, for me, it felt very surface, which was fine. It was just a part of my evolution. It was a part of my story. It was a part of my journey. That's just where I was at the moment. But that part of going in with my ancestors, and I've had many moments since then, but it was so pivotal in order to deepen my work and to really mature and to be able to teach in a way with such more strength and power and to receive the jewels that I have and my people have had and that they, they gifted me with. So, and I believe that's accessible for all of us when we do our, our ancestor ancestral healing. Yeah, that's amazing because you, you touched on a lot of things that I, I resonate with just when I talk to people about the, the surfacing of triggers and the importance of having space where you can be vulnerable or actually kind of feel it in order to heal it type of <laughs> type of thing. It sounds like that's what you were experiencing and the intensity of having to clear out like the experiences. I, I actually, I recently read a, a book on, it's called Witch and it's like unapologetic, untamed. It's just about the the amount of, and it's, it's cause we, as feminine, we all have whatever been wounded and we have this concept of how we're really there's a lot of anger and just feelings of resentment and 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 all of us and it comes from all of these patterns of ancestral trauma and things that we're carrying and so I just love that you have this focus on especially women of color or having having the space for that so tell me tell me a little bit about the clients that you work with and like what kind of transformation or transformative results are are women getting when they're when they're working with you and how how, how I know it takes time because a lot of this stuff is like a, a long process of unpacking just just a lot of things in our lives. So tell me a little bit about yeah how how you really work with your clients and what kind of results you end up getting for them. Yeah. So basically just what you touched on, which was that run that many or most all women, feminine beings feel in their own bodies of that that almost like I, that unworthiness or that I, if I speak out loud, I'm going to be, I'm going to be killed almost. And it's like that, this fear really allowing one's 
itself to spread wide open and to allow themselves to glow and to beam and to be the, the powerful being that we are. And so I, the, the work that I do realms around all women, but it's typically women that are really in a place where that is a very activated place in their life. There's this part of that that feels like I feel either like I'm being shut down. I feel like I'm being, there's a part of me that I feel like I'm not having access to. I can feel her out there. I can feel that that is me. And for whatever reason, the way that my life has been set up for the things in my past, my patterns, my ancestral things, my own personal traumas, I feel like I can't access that. And a lot of the women that I do work with are also visionaries, but not all, but they have either a vision for a business or a vision for a new way of being in the world. Like they recognize that, yes, maybe my, all the women in my past have been like this, but there's something deep inside of me that knows I am meant to, to shift that, you know? And so those are the type of women that usually come into my space. And the way that we usually set this up and how we do it is very intuitive, depending on the space and the, the group and how deep we go. I personally like to go deep. I'm one that just likes to dive right into the ocean. Um, but I also like having courses and classes and experience for people to get a taste of it. That way it feels a little bit more accessible. But the main thing that I really, the, the, the main energy that I center everything around is the wisdom and the guidance is inside of you. It is not in me. I am merely just here holding the space. My life almost is meant as a testimony, like my life. So my life has many stories, which I feel like many women can relate to on so many different levels. And those stories are not meant to tell you what to do or tell you who you are. They're meant to be a key to unlock something that already was within you to begin with. It's almost like a permission for you to unlock that, which is inside of you. And that right there, I think, gives the women that I work with the, the, the empowerment of knowing that it's accessible within them. The main thing that I do not want to do that is like creating hierarchies or attachments or pedestaling of anyone. Or, and that's the thing that I felt feel like has destroyed the innate power that we already hold within us. And so I definitely give that power, that sovereignty back to each woman that I meet. And it's also around that there's nothing wrong with you. Your tears are glorious. Your pain is powerful. There's the stories that you've lived through are freaking medicine for you, for your inner child, for those to come that you haven't met yet with. And so it's more about having a different relationship with our life than changing it or trying to get rid of the things, but it's choosing to have a different relationship. And so that's mainly what the work that I do is creating a different relationship with all these different parts of themselves. So. Yeah, amazing. I love that you that it's really focused on aligning that that it's all within ourselves. I mean, we hear that it's all but it's 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 one of the themes that I really feel like is important to highlight, especially in the spiritual, spiritually aware community. And we've had this, I don't know, generations of like, I don't know, gurus or people to follow. And I feel like all of that has been in this process of being dismantled and just looking within and finding the power of our own selves is, is really where we want to come from in this work. It's not about like latching on to, to this leader or that person or getting wisdom from outside. It, it's, it's that embodiment that is all within us. So I, that's really so powerful right now. And I'm also hearing like on an energetic level, maybe, maybe, I don't know if you follow this stuff, but I know we're talking about birthing a new, a new earth or a new, a new direction for humanity. I feel like we've been in, or I'm hearing like we are closing out certain cycles and new cycles are opening. I was actually just listening to someone's TikTok and it feels like not only like a, like a total switch is happening with our systems. And I know you talked about like the breakdown of different hierarchical structures that have really 
been bothersome to you and also to me as well when we talk about dismantling our patriarchal our ego-based systems and and things like that so tell me tell me how you're 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 really describing this this energy that we're in right now like what what why this work is so important in the here and now and it's not just something that is 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 just kind of like something people are talking about but it is actually already happening in a really uh, real way like that's how it feels like to me Yes, I will. I'm going to share two stories actually that answer this question. Okay. My answer in stories is kind of funny. I love it. <laughs> so these two stories I've been sharing, they they came to me um, some, a few years ago and I've been sharing them in a lot of spaces that I'm in and they're really important. I think they're really important for right now. And so the one thing before I even share the stories, is, uh, another thing I think is going on right now is we can think about the world that we've seen it in, how we're used to seeing the world, how we're used to things operating systems and ways of being. We can see it almost like over here with the soil. The soil is toxic. And when it's like, plant your beautiful flowers here, please do. And they're giving you the seeds event, but they want you to plant it in this destructive soil so that whatever you grow has the, the elements and the residue of this destructive soil. And so you're eating it, you're giving it out to other people saying, this is good for you, take it. Like, this is good, I just planted it. And so the idea that's been coming to me is that we can no longer plant our, our seeds, our, our nourishment that is meant to heal, that is meant to bring a, a new vibration, a new earth in the soil that was literally created to destroy us. Like physically, so we literally take this and plant this over here, meaning the, the awareness of all the things that are connected to what we are creating meaning the, the, like even the, the system, the beliefs, the, the thoughts, the, the, even the structures of what we create to be mindful of, is this the structure that was given to me from this soil? And, and to create what we're bringing in, this new energy, this new vibration and soil that is meant to really nourish us and that is really healing. And so that visual, I think, is important to lay the foundation of. Two visions that I've been receiving or that I've received over the past few years one was during a time where there's a lot of craziness going on in the world, as there always seems to be. And I wanted to go into freeze because usually I'm just, I get overwhelmed and I'm just like, oh, I can't take anymore. And I want to hide and go into the fetal position. A friend texts me and she said, one of her healers said to drum and to pray. So I got my drum out and I started to praying and I started drumming and immediately I saw a vision. The vision was a sea of women in the forest and these women were in the forest and they were wild. They were unpredictable. It was pitch black. You couldn't see their faces or the color of their skin. None of that mattered. But what you could see was their eyes were this gleaming yellow. And the yellow was piercing through the darkness. And they each had that same yellow um, eye. And that eye was like vision that can see through BS, vision that can see through darkness. And these women were not pretty, polite, and pleasing. They were like, we don't give an F. They were just running wild through the forest. One moment you saw one coming from the earth, the next moment she was coming through a tree, like you couldn't keep track of where they were coming from. So after this vision, the, the, the language, the transmission that I received was that it's time for women to not just sit politely drinking tea and talking nicely about things. It's time for us to get a little unruly. That the unruly behavior isn't just meant for those that are creating the destructive soil. It is also meant for us to have clear vision, that have hearts of God, and that are here to help humanity. We do not need to be in like robotic, like this is just how we do things. This is always how 
next, what is new, requires us to be able to see through the darkness. And that's when we can really hear what is being called and asked of us right now. Because if we're just on the surface, all we do is we repeat just what we've seen. And everything that we've seen has what been grown from this soil. And so we do not want to just recreate what's grown from the soil, but in order to access what is next, it's almost like what I had to go through that three month experience. It isn't pretty, it doesn't feel good, but it was only through that I was able to hear these deeper messages of what is next, you know? And so that's one. And the second story that I will share was writing and I received a message from an ancestor of mine and she was a slave during slavery times. And she said to me that I had fire in my belly just like she did when she was alive. And she said, nobody could touch the fire inside of her. She said that the you know slave owners could beat her body, could rape her, they could do all sorts of things with her body, but they could never touch that fire inside of her. And she never let that fire go because she didn't want it to destroy her, her husband, her children, her community. So she kept it so tightly within her. And she said to me that I also keep that fire so nicely inside of me. And she said, I'm standing on different soil. And so this message in the end was shared for me to share to all people. So it's not just those that have connection to you know, African-Americans that were a slave or any of that, but it's like women who have that energy of like, there's a fire inside of me that I have access to that I know I'm not fully letting go. The idea is that we all, we are standing on different soil. She said, you're, so you can let that fire go. That fire will not kill your children or your family, but what it will do is it will become a light in the forest. She said, now there are tons of people in the forest that don't know where to hide for safety because it's pitch black and they don't have clear vision. And so those with clear vision and those with that fire in them have to let their fires out because then the people in the dark know where to go for safety. And so that to me was a now is the time. It was the like, get ready or be, you should be ready. <laughs> get ready and let your fire out um, and, and, and birth your, your um, new gorgeous plants and flowers and new soil. So that's my... Yes, I love it. I love it. I get like the goosebumps listening to it because it sounds you're, you know, like what you're describing is so powerful. And it's um, really tapping into this. You hear like dark feminine energy emerging or dark feminine rising. And because I feel like we've been so, so, so suppressed and, and even we have misconceived notions about what feminine energy is or should be or how we should be like like in the state of there's receiving and flow and all that is true, but really highlighting the the dark side of what like the feminine rage or like you hear like Kali energy, <laughs> all kinds of different things in this process of, of spiritually awakening. And then also the way that it, it really angers and even triggers others. And that, that response to feminine energy being in a, in a, in like, like the way you're describing in the vision, like, it's coming at you every which way, like it's unpredictable. It is like embodiment of certain, like very strong rage and, and all of that. It has to be, you know, really integrated or like not, not just brushed to the side or ignored, but really integrated. And so can you tell me a little bit about how you, how you help women understand the ways in which we, we kind of like people talk about dark night of the soul or doing the shadow work or really di diving, deep diving into that energy, not being like afraid of it. Cause obviously a lot of us like come from the place like your ancestor where it's just repressed or suppressed and you don't, you don't want to even bring it out because you're scared of what it's going to do. So yeah. How do we, how do we come from that perspective of like going deep in, in order to, to really grow and birth something more beautiful at the end of that? Yeah. 
So just recently, my mom passed away on September 2nd. And my mom is 82, maybe 83, 82 <laughs> or 83 years old. And she had a beautiful home going. And with her home going, I won't get into all that right now. Actually, I'm going to skip that. It was really beautiful, though. <laughs> just hold that. But after she passed away, I was like going through the space where I'm just recognizing all these really evil things going on in our world. And I was just holding the pain. And I just, again, felt like collapsing, which is the thing that I can actually just want to do is collapse. And I feel overwhelmed. But then I heard um, my mom, a, a voice inside from my mother. And David, I was doing a prayer to her. And I wrote in my journal, because I was like, mom, like, leave a message for me, let me know. And I was doing healing work at shelters for young people who were trafficked. And they were like 12, 13 years old in, in shelters. And it was really hard the past few weeks <laughs> trying to like work with these young ones. And I was journaling and praying to my mom, like, mom, leave a message for me. And right away when I journaled, it said, come to the basement. There's a message for you. So I was at my boyfriend's house. I went to his basement and I didn't see or hear or feel anything. So I was like, okay, well, to get my coffee and I'm just waiting for it as it's pouring. I'm looking around and there's a TV there and the TV had a glitch in it. So what it normally would say, it wasn't saying it was, it was like messed up. And so it said something else. So instead of what it was supposed to say, it said, be mom, be mom. And I was like, whoa, I'm like, okay, mom, you might go to the basement of my place. Okay, I got you. <laughs> and so then I went upstairs and I was like, wow, be mom. And so I sat there and I just felt the energy of be mom before going to the shelter. And it felt like energy like this. It felt like the energy, if you could think of just like an elder, like your grandma, like this, the wisest, most loving woman, but just wise. Like she's been through it all. She's lived all the different types of lives. Nothing can face her. She doesn't like, you could tell her some crazy stories about what you're involved in right now. And she would just look at you with no judgment, with nothing but wisdom and like this elder energy. And so that was the energy that was running through me as I was tuning into Be Mom. And so I went to the shelter that day and worked with the kids and it was absolutely amazing like how I was able to, to reach them and to be with them. And then the next couple of days later was when I was on the floor after hearing and seeing what's going on in the world and feeling like I wanted to collapse. I heard my mom again, said, be mom. And when my mom passed away, I had a healing session. And the healer told me that my mom had ushered in a baby another baby transition over. They were doing a healing at the river for another child, another family that lives here in Minnesota. And the baby almost didn't make it. The mom was pregnant, supposed to be giving birth that night or the next morning. And she saw as they're praying for this baby and for the baby's mom, she saw like as she's praying, my mother ushering, like midwifing this baby through. And then after the healing session for this baby and the mom, she talks to one of the other healers as they're picking up with their, all their belongings. And the other healer was like, what? I was, as we were healing at the river, I saw that woman that you were working with her, her daughters, the one that just passed away, which is my mom. She said, I saw her midwifing the baby through. And then, so they both saw the same vision of my mom ushering this baby. And so as my mom, as I'm laying on the floor, my mom's telling me, be mom. And so basically the transmission I got was that my mother was a mother here on earth. She, she's, she's also midwifing babies that need to come through. And that she's also midwifing and mothering me and my other siblings and our visions. And she's mothering us in a way that's no longer filtered through her human life and traumas and experiences. And she also told me that it's time for us women who feel the call to show up and feel the call to use our hearts to bring more love and more compassion and more healing onto the earth. It's time for us to really dive into that mother energy, that deep, wise mother energy of the elder. And that is a protector energy. And if you think of a protector, like 
mama bear or a mama wolf or a, a woman that has a house and let, imagine her babies are in her home and she's really protecting. She's not afraid of people thinking she's too loud. She's not afraid of anyone thinking she's too angry. She's like, my babies are my number one priority. And if you even think about harming them physically, emotionally, spiritually, you better be ready for blood. You know what I mean? It's like that type of energy. And so that is what's being called of us, not just for our, our physical, biological babies, but for the babies of the world. And these are not just children, but they're all humans. They're everyone. And so that does mean that we have to activate the part of us, just like that elder energy that I told you that I, I dived in, elder who has been through it all. How if you, like, if you came to me and I was in the elder energy, you could bring to me any story of your past. It could be some of the darkest stories, the darkest situations. I would not flinch. You know what I mean? I would be just so grounded and so there because I have, I have gone through the depths of the ocean and swam wide wide enough to be able to feel and to gather all of the gems and jewels that I can actually meet you fully. But if I'm coming there as a woman that is, that doesn't have that protector energy, that hasn't swam into her depths, my nervous system, first of all, cannot handle it. I, I can't even protect my own self, let alone be that protector energy for you. So that's why it's important for us to do that. Because if you think of a battle, we do not need any wounded and their children at the front line of the battlefield. We need our we need our warriors, and there's a training, a boot camp, basically that you got to go through to be a warrior. It means going in, like it's time to go in. And so yeah. I'm gonna give a practical step. Sorry, I kind of went into a whole story. No, <laughs> but, I love it. That's what that's what we need. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, because I, yeah, we want we want to become our best warrior, embody that ability to operate without fear, and have, like you said, if we have problems in our nervous system and we we can't even we can't even take care of ourselves let alone other people or or even show up in the ways that we need to if we're in these states of woundedness and haven't healed through a lot of that stuff and I hear a lot about maybe maybe you can tell me one more story or something you have to say because uh, I, I'm curious about how you would describe like you hear a lot about how our inner reality is a reflection of what's happening in the outward world and right now obviously we have there's war and conflict and just it feels like everything on the sun and you hear like oh it's not even happening on a spiritual level and then you just see it on the physical plane as well so tell me a little bit about that how our our inner world is being mirrored with that what's happening in the outer world and like there's polarity and divisiveness and just division amongst humans and it's creating so much trauma and so much conflict and how do we how do we even I don't know focus on even doing the the work on our inner selves when when so many people are just it's, it's, it's hard to even operate and there's so much suffering right now. You don't even, you can't even focus on this stuff. It's kind of like so overwhelming, right? Uh, I mean, first I would say what has been very true to me is that it's important to have a life of uh, devotion, devotion, ritual, ceremony. And so like a daily devotion, ritual, ceremony, because mm -hmm. I can't speak for every single person, but I'm a kind of speak for most of us. I think most of us have lived in cultures and worlds and environments, like our ways of being the way that we know of as real has done such a great job of brainwashing us, traumatizing us, dimming our light, dimming our power. Like that's the truth for all of us. And so the scale is, is why we are somewhere, but I, we've all experienced that to some degree, no matter who you are, or where you live. And so that has taken lifetimes to do. And so, and that was literally woven in every single aspect of our lives, from our parenting, from our schools, from our jobs, from our media, you know, our religions, like everything that we've been taking it on and ingest and digesting it all. 
And so the, the rituals and the ceremony and the devotion is what is like, like having a daily ritual or ceremony of some sort. Like I literally have an altar that I go to and I do my work to, to, to choose to bring myself into sovereignty of almost like rebuking, like dismissing any of these energies that have felt like this is my reality, this is my pattern and choosing a new pattern and not just mentally, but in my body, have embodied practices to make that feel um, like to allow my nervous system to feel like, yes, this is, it is safe to be and to feel in this. And the reason why, as you had said, the importance of this, I do have a story on that came to me as I was being called to a meditation on racial healing. And I was like, I don't know what to do about that. So I prayed and then came to me at this meditation for racial healing. And what it showed me was that there was two women. It was a white woman and a black woman in the meditation. And so the, I think it was the, yeah, the black woman first went downstairs to like, it, it brought her up. There was a magic carpet, brought her to this house. There was music playing and she could hear the music. So she went down the basement into the basement and saw all these bodies and all these bodies were in despair. And she was kind of afraid at first, but then she knew I wouldn't have been brought in here if I wasn't meant to do something here. So she met every single body and sat with them and each body had so much. And so she's, with her bodies turned to lights and so she did that until the whole basement was light and so she left and then when she left the magic carpet brought her into the meadow where her her elder was and her elder was standing before her and the woman realized she was pregnant and she was scared and the woman said you're not pregnant with a baby you're pregnant with a vision now that you went into the basement you now hold a vision and it's it's important for you to know how to nourish your vision and how to care for this baby before it actually before this vision before it comes out and then we will teach you how to raise this vision and so she basically showed her who she was which was this beautiful frequency of light and she looked at that frequency of light and she was like that's me and she's like that's you and she said all the other lights are the other women on earth she's like let them know who they are because they have forgotten and so she was about to go back on the bridge to go home and she ran into this beautiful white woman and the white woman looked at her and was like i bet you've been to the basement she said how could you tell and the white woman said, because I could, you can always tell a woman's aura when she's gone to the basement. And so the black woman to the white woman was like, you've been to the basement too? And she said, yeah. So she told her the story of at her home, her house was beautiful, it was gorgeous. And then she was called because she heard a music as well that brought her to the basement. Same thing, bodies in there, feeling everything. And she saw things that she felt like she shouldn't have seen, but she knew that she wouldn't have seen these if she wasn't able to be with them. So she was with everybody in there. And then in that moment, the whole basement turned to light. And that's when she realized, even though the main part of the house was so gorgeous, everything that everyone else didn't attune to, didn't meet, didn't heal, didn't look at, was stuffed in the basement. And that even though on the surface, their house looked beautiful, looked, it looked great. But there all this energy that was carrying underneath there. And then it made sense to her. She's like, that's why my dad drinks too much. That's why my mom is always gone so, so often. Now she understood that people were avoiding the basement, yeah. but she could hear the music. And so, and after that, they both walked onto the bridge and on the bridge were all these bodies of dark energy that were kind of lined up. And as they passed, she saw the bodies started to change into light as she passed each body. And she, and then she got to the end of the bridge to turn around and she saw nothing but light. And she wanted to thank the elder. And so she was looking for the elder and the elder was right before her. So she leaned in to hug her and then the elder became her. And so the message that was given as the transmission was that us going into the basement is doing, is basically healing all the things that are on the surface 
and meeting these different energies and these different hurts that have not been heard, that have not been listened to, that have not been healed, that have not been witnessed. And from doing so, we were able to come back pregnant with a vision, with actually what is next and people. And it's our beingness that is actually healing. As when she walked across the bridge, she didn't say anything to the dark energy. She didn't like do a coaching session with them. She walked by them and her essence was enough to, to shift them as well. And so the connection between us going and actually being able to relate the things that we see outside of us, um, the dysfunctions that we see outside of us. It's like, I always, I tell this to a lot of my friends. I'm like, if we can't even like listen and understand the different parts of us, if I can't even understand my anger or give permission to my anger, if I can't, it's like, how do I expect my kids to get along? If I, if my own parts of me can't get along with each other. And so, so it's even to that basic principle of like clean up house. And that's what they were doing. They were cleaning up their house. They were cleaning up their home. And when they cleaned up their home, these women were pregnant with the vision that they were able to bring to humanity. That's amazing. It's because you hear, we hear about how when we heal ourselves, it resonates or it heals the ones around us, right? Like when we do our inner work, it, it has a chain reaction. It's even like when you look at it from like vibration, where when we raise our, our energetic vibration frequency, then it has that ripple effect, like light lighting the way for others. And even on the planet, like the light workers are here holding a certain frequencies so that all of humanity can start awakening, right? <laughs> and your story just described that so beautifully. And I can, it's, you're so poetic and so articulate in how you are describing and having these visions. And what I really love is how, you can extrapolate so much meaning from like a story and a vision that occurs. And then it relates to everything that's, that's going on right now and, and birthing a new, a new reality and all that some symbolism there. And, and, and really how it, how the, the power of this storytelling really does like people like understand and, and come to new levels of awareness with, with the work you do. So I just, I love that Gigi it was wonderful to have so many stories come out. And I want to just ask a little bit about more about like where people can find you if they're really interested in participating in your circles or also reaching out and doing some of the one-on-one -on -one work, like where do you have any like upcoming programs or things that you're offering that people should can, can attend or become a part of if they're interested in following you. And also I want to have all your links posted under our episode here so that people can find you. Where should they, where should they go if they're really interested in connecting with you more? Yeah, I have a, my website, gig.com, so G-I-G-I-B-I-S-O-N-G.com. I do have a program, so if you are even interested in one-on-one, -on -one, you can definitely reach out to me on there. The one group program that I have online, I definitely have lots of in-person spaces in Minnesota if you happen to live in Minnesota. But online, I have one coming up on January 12th, and this one is for female visionaries. Um, so if you're a female visionary, you might be interested in this program. You can find it on my website under visionary membership. You can click on that tab to learn program does begin on January 12th, and it's a three-month commitment program. And the beautiful part of it, and one thing I do want to relate here, is that it, we are not meant to do this alone. And so having community and having support, because there are times where, as we're moving through so much, like we're not meant to do this alone. We're meant to have people that can support us and to love us. And so this space for visionaries is for visionaries who are ready to birth a vision. And even if you already birthed a vision, but you just want the support and community and raising your vision, we hear that phrase of it takes a village to raise a child. 
I believe it also takes a village to raise a woman's business and to see good with heartfelt visions and businesses being self-sustainable and doing the deep work that it's meant to do. And it can't be done in isolation. And so I am really about amplifying the village, amplifying the community energy. And so if that sparks your interest, definitely take a look at my website under the Visionary Membership. I love that. Yes, yes. Because we can't forget to tie it back to our, our businesses and what what we're trying to create. Like, I know that a lot of women right now are moving into different, like spiritually led business and coaching or healing work. And so, yeah, do you, do you work with women who are like primarily starting to just create these kinds of businesses or they already have some established? Because I know that the community element is really important too and, and getting support. But like, yeah, are, are, is that is that what you're seeing right now where we, you want to help them like get to the next level on, in business and kind of monetize these gifts more to have to have more impact? Exactly. Yeah. So it's all about that. Um, yeah. So it's really all the also amplifying our ability to show up for one another. There's a barter system included in, in the membership. And mm -hmm. so a lot of times, like my gift, your gift, someone else's gift is going to be very different. And so instead of feeling like you're spinning your wheels and feeling, you know, like overwhelmed and feeling the sense of I'm unworthy, because every time when a woman's business hits a wall, it repeats this, this, this image, this idea that I'm unworthy, something I'm, I failed that energy and that breaks, that can break down a sister so quickly and we need our, our sisters whole and you are whole. But you're not meant to, like, what made you feel whole wasn't just you. It was a bunch of other people. <laughs> and so I feel like you need a bunch of other people to be there to support you. When you're like, I feel like a hot mess right now. It's like, all right, sister, go lay down, like, get some tea, get some water. In a couple hours, do your movement practice. I can I can show up to maybe help promote your thing tonight because you're feeling overwhelmed. I can throw it on my social media for you. So it's that type of sisterhood. It's really showing up for ourselves, of course. It's not about this codependency, but it's about showing up for ourselves, but recognizing it's not just, I can't raise this child on my own. I was a single mom. It's hard. And it's like, we cannot raise our businesses on our own. The light, the, the gift, and know the gift in our visions just as much as we do and not allow it to, to be watered and for it to flourish and to, for it to fly. And so that's what the community is. It's really villaging one another. Wow. Yes. I love that so much. I love that so much. I mean, I feel like I want to plug in right now. I'm going to go check it out, check it out just for me and my business. I've been working, working since earlier this year because I got impacted by the layoffs in tech and now I'm doing all of these different things. And I really would love to check out your community because I feel like we could all benefit from that and certainly help bring women together. And I love what you said about feeling supported and just if you can't do it, just having someone there to to encourage, encourage and give suggestions and who's who's been through this process because so many of us are just really struggling with it right now. So Gigi, the work you do is amazing. I love it. And we've been, we've been chatting for about an hour and I, I know we got to wrap up here. Any kind of final thoughts or words of wisdom, or if anyone has any questions, feel free to write it in the chat. I've been, we've been getting some comments on, on Facebook as well. Hi, Sasha. How are you? Good. How <laughs> are you? Yes, good, good. Yeah. I've been listening. Hi, I'm Sasha. I'm, I'm dealing with a cold right now. So I apologize. I'm a little out of it, but no, I just the ancestral healing and like the divine feminine. I mean, it's just like, it's really on track for kind of the work that I'm trying to do. And like, you know, I, 
my father is from originally from Afghanistan and my mother's from India and there's just like so much like sexual trauma and like not even just sexual but all kinds of trauma that's kind of like lodged into our bodies and lodged into our spirit and I've been trying to like I've been doing a lot of like cord cutting meditations to actually let go of a lot of that stuff you know a lot of shame like toxic shame and um yeah and I and I also think like you know I feel like because I was raised like in a conservative Muslim family like I wasn't allowed to be feminine because we're not supposed to be sexual and I'm not saying being feminine is sexual but it's like it it put me more in my masculine because I was taught to be ashamed of my body of my sexuality of liking somebody of you know what I mean like all those things and so now as an adult I'm unpacking and I'm unlearning and I'm reparenting myself really so it gives me a lot of hope and 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 I really enjoyed listening to you because it's just nice to know there's other people out there doing the work from different cultures who've had similar experiences so thank you Thank you. Thank you for sharing. I love that reparenting. That's another word that I didn't bring up, but that's been a big part of uh, my personal journey and also part of my work is, is being able to, to to do that. And there's moments where I would literally see my little me like wrapped around like my waist and her heart against my heart as I'm holding her. Just like, what do you need, baby girl? And just commuting and connecting with her. And so thank you for, for sharing the deep work that you're in right now. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. Awesome. Well, yeah, I love this Gigi. And I know we're going to have the recording available uh, after this call. I, cause I have like, I think about 40 or 50 people on the email list. So I know it's in the middle of the day work day for a lot of people, but um, I'm hoping that we send it out and raise more awareness about your work and everything you're doing. And I'm excited because your program's launching, I guess, in about 10 days or 12 days. So that's a great timing. <laughs> and yeah, any final thoughts or words of wisdom you'd like to share, Gigi, before we, before we wrap up and end the call? I'd like to hear any, any final thoughts you might have. Yeah, I guess I'll just say in regards to birthing a vision for those who are, who are visionaries, one thing that I, maybe I'll just leave with you to kind of tune into or think about or feel about is that energy of our like when the women are well, the earth is well, that theme that I always usually say. And when the women are well, the earth is well. And so it's imperative that we are well. And it's imperative that we are well so that our visions are well. Like when a woman is well, she births more wellness into the world. And we all can think about that, even our, our own mothers or us as mothers. When I felt well, I really showed up well for my son, for our home. When I wasn't well, when I was not supported, I, I didn't so much. And so it's important that our vision. So what I want to share is that to unlock that part of you that can ask for support. So like maybe joining my program isn't the right fit right now or the right time, but that we can ask for support. We can bring our own community in to help water our visions, water our wellness, and that we can do that. And that's a, it's a blessing for us to be able to do that because that's how we used to parent. That's how we used to show up as a village for our children. It wasn't just all laid upon the mother or just laid upon the, the two parents. It was, we all showed up for it. And so I think there's a part of us that has to get comfortable with asking for help. Um, and that's a part of the cohort, the business um, program that I have too, is saying I need to be watered right now. I can't do it alone. And that is strength in doing so. And so just want to send so much love for everyone. I know everyone's going through so much and showing up for themselves in like the best way they can. And I know we don't get enough love and honoring sometimes of what we do do. Sometimes it feels like we're not doing enough. 
and I'm guaranteeing that you are doing just plenty. And so thank y'all so much for y'all being here and listening on the replay for those that didn't catch it live. Okay, thank amazing. You so much. Yeah, thank, you. Thank, thank you, Sasha. Thank you, everyone who commented and liked. And we're going to, yeah, it's on my Facebook as well. So we'll share this after and uh, let us know if you have any other questions. But otherwise, we'll have, I'll put it on my YouTube channel as well. And we can have all of Gigi's links to her website and her program and find her on social media and definitely follow her work. So yeah, thank you so much, Gigi. It was great talking to you today. And I'm, I'm so excited. Hopefully we can connect again in the future. <laughs> You're awesome. Thank, thank you, guys. You. You're awesome. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode today. Please share your biggest takeaway with me via our community. For new listeners, thank you for tuning in. I invite anyone to explore the resources, links, and show notes available on my website, www.adinamovana.com. If a topic or discussion piqued your curiosity or interest today during the show, you can easily find it there at that website. And if you have any specific topics you would like me to cover, feel free to email me at em at adinamovana.com. Thank you again for joining me today. And I look forward to connecting with you again next week on Into the Light.